Well, let's get straight into our thinking point then. Before we do that, remember the number to use to get in touch with us this morning, 011-714-2006. That's the number uh, to use to dial in on the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107 on Twitter, at SFM Radio, the hashtag SFM Talking Point. What do you make of the concerns that have been expressed around potential elements seeking to destabilize the state and the subsequent violence that could well flow out of an arrest of the former president. How do you think the police should be approaching this matter? Of course, in the midst of all of that, we've also heard some groups coming forward to say, well, actually, they believe that the former president should be given a a, a pardon by the president and, you know, that he should apply for a special pardon from the president. We'll take all of your views on this issue. Dr. Saths Cooper is the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union. Dr. Cooper, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Perhaps just beginning with your own reflections, watching what has been unfolding over the past couple of days. You know, I think we had a high, South Africans had a high when the Concord gave its judgment, indicating to all of us and the world that nobody however high their position, is above the law. But I think the events of the weekend put us in a low and on edge that the only period I can think of that brought us, that was similar, was when we had, post the assassination of Chris Hahn and the gathering of uh, Amabuto to go to Shell House in downtown Johannesburg. And I won't uh, forget almost uh, another radio station, Johannesburg radio station, uh, was giving a sort of blow-by-blow account, uh, almost as if the Zulus are coming, you know, that kind of uh, whooping up of sentiment. And that was reminiscent of what we saw this weekend, a very low point for us, um, and one that I think somebody who uh, had the admiration of a lot of people in the country to end up with this abysmal bringing us to this point is quite significant whatever the issues are, because I think that it's incumbent on anybody in leadership, whether you are in leadership of a small church group, uh, a community-based organization, or somebody like this who has risen to the highest office in the land, should not ever become the agenda and become the focal point Mm. for us to gather around. Dr. Cooper, those, at least some of those that have gathered in Nkandla threatening violence would have us believe that violence is the only response that they will have to an arrest of the former president. 
Is that the way that things need to unfold? And in a situation that seems to be to be so charged up, what do we need in the moment to diffuse the situation? I think what we need, is, well, first of all, the uh, those followers who uh, are threatening that actually are out of sync with what is required in a country that heaven knows is already violent in the various manifestations that we have against women, children, and so on, and in our daily lives. To have people organize in that fashion is simply not on. And what is required is for uh, former President Zuma to stand up and say distinctly to those who would purport to do these things in his name that he does not condone any act of violence or threat or intimidation, all of which he as the person who was supposed to oversee and and abide by our constitution, swore no thought. And it's not good enough for him to, in press conferences, when asked, I watched that press conference when he was asked specifically, he almost said, well, I can't speak for my followers, yet was thriving uh, from the adulation mm. they gave him. So... This kind of behavior, it's, I mean, if you want to compare it, you can compare it to despots anywhere in the world. You can, uh, you can compare it to Trump. And I don't think that that's the legacy that somebody like uh, Jacob Zuma should be known for. He should be actually above these kinds of petty stands, uh, you know, standoff with somebody. It's almost like the a gunfight as in Kajla Koran, you know. It's, it's, it's absolutely not on. Dr. Seth Cooper is the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union. Uh, thank you so much for your time on the show this morning. It's just after 9.30. Luanda Maume standing by with your headlines. On the other side of this, we hear from a criminal expert, Krista Cork. He'll weigh in in terms of the pol- response of the police. How can they logistically manage the threats of violence? Hashtag SFM Talking Point. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. So uh, for our thinking point then today, we're reflecting on some of the fears right now that center uh, in terms of what might happen, the possibilities, the scenarios in Uganda if an arrest is effected of the former president. Uh, Chris DeCock is a criminal expert. Um, He's also former head of crime information analysis at the South African Police Service. Uh, Mr. DeCock, good morning to you. And to the listeners. Thank you so much for coming onto the show today. Firstly, when we look at the police response to the threats of violence in Uganda, The police have felt that they did what they needed to do on Sunday when thousands gathered, some were wielding guns, firearms were fired into the air indiscriminately. There were no arrests and the police said, well, we did the best that we could because there were 100 people armed and we we didn't want to uh, have a situation that got out of control. Your own analysis. 
Well, my own analysis as an expert in crime uh, and crowd dynamics um, is that um, they did the right thing on Sunday. On Sunday, they couldn't have done anything else because that situation, I have watched all the footage that I could see on TV and uh, various stations, and clearly there were armed people, but also the fact of the matter, there were police baiters, uh, now, what is a police baiter? A police baiter is somebody who shout very vulgar things to the police to try and trigger some members of the police to fire shots. Because if that happened, then it would have been one big explosion. Now, there were police baiters. There were everything there that indicate that that crowd could have become very, very uh, violent. And uh, for that reason, I think they have done the right, right thing on Sunday. Now, what is going to happen today or tomorrow if uh, arrests have to be carried out? That is a different question. I don't know the situation at present and at Inkanla if there is uh, still that crowd or, or people who are not part of the group which is so-called guarding Mr. Zuma. One of the difficulties, um, Mr. Dukok, is the fact that by the time that the situation on Sunday unfolded, days leading up to Sunday, it was very clear that the numbers of people gathering outside Nganda was increasing. And from day one, there have been threats of violence. Why did the police allow the situation to get there in the first place? And are there ways in which that could have been avoided? You see, actually, the problem was not even in the days before Sunday. It, were, it happened from the day that it was clear that Mr. Zuma is going, is, there's a possibility that he can be arrested or that the court, the constitutional court, is going to give a verdict uh, that it gave. There was already the MK group, the MK veterans group, and Mr. Carl Niaus and... Uh, other people who were guarding, so-called guarding in inverted commas, and formed a shield around Mr. Zuma. Now, that is, that, that actually, that is not crowd control. What we are talking about there is basically a militia. A militia or, I mean, uh, yesterday, uh, Ms. Uh, Jesse Duarte actually referred to them as terrorists. Now, uh, that was actually the problem, and it started there already. Now, I, I agree with you. The police could have uh, put up roadblocks and tried to control the flow of other people to Nakanla. But the problem is that would also be illegal. You can't stop me in KwaZulu-Natal moving from point A to point B. You can stop me for um, transgression of the... You know, that I don't wear a mask or I, or I have firearms with me. You can confiscate the firearms, those type of things, mm. if it's legal. But you can't stop all traffic and all flow of people to the specific spot. So what can they do now and what should they be doing? Um, because I think as, as South Africans, the concern is really around ensuring that there is no situation that could potentially lead to loss of lives in, in Uganda. Well, let me tell you the first thing that should be done is Mr. Zuma, the ex-president or the former president, should actually think and think 
hard and give himself over. That is the thing that should happen. Because if there's any blood, the blood will be on his hands and on nobody else's hands. I mean, he had ample time. He knew that this thing is going to happen. And I think there's, there's some... I think there's people there which are very malicious. I'm not pointing a finger to a specific person and who want bloodshed because then they have martyrs. Then they can say, oh, you see, the government, the police have done this to us and we are innocent. So I think what should happen is he should give himself over. If he doesn't, then unfortunately, the the minister and the, and the national commission and the provincial commission have no other choice to go in with a task force and with all the power that they have and to go and arrest him. And unfortunately, in that scenario, given that we have a militia group there, which is in all probability armed, that may lead to a clash. And we must all pray, mm. at least, that there are not innocent people between the police and that specific group who is guarding him there. So, so Mr. de Kock, in your analysis, are you saying that there is no way that an, if, a, a, an arrest of the former president under the, cert, the current circumstances can be effected without some form of confrontation? I would say it's, it's, it's very unlikely if he doesn't give himself over and say, here I am, please arrest me and tell the other people around him just back off, the chances are extremely high that there will be some bloodshed. Uh, that, that unfortunately, because we are talking of an armed group who won't allow the police to arrest. So it is just a question of who's going to shoot first. I don't think the police will shoot first at all. I, 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 they are well trained in this type of thing. The provincial commissioner, luckily, in that province have got lots of experience of the very same kind of situations he was in the task force and i've got a lot of confidence in uh, general Manguanazi. but uh, the fact of the matter is if those people are saying we're going to protect them us with our lives what does that mean if his son say what he already started to say even before sunday that they will have to kill us to get to him what what else does the story tell you there is a high probability of the loss of life and injuries. And if there's an, a crowd of onlookers or people coming from elsewhere, which is also now on the scene, then it can lead to a very terrible situation. Dr. Krista Koch, <laughs> unfortunately, that is that is not good news at all. Not good news at all. But uh, his analysis on the situation, he's an expert in criminal matters and crowd control, uh, having been part of multiple institutions in this country, including the SAPA. So there you have it then. Um, he believes the best way to defuse the situation is for the former president to hand himself over. That's not going to happen. Not if what we heard on Sunday was anything to go by out of the president's mouth that he has no intention of handing himself in anytime soon.